Well, hello, everyone. My name is David Apple, head of the SaaS and software vertical here at Sage and Tech and host of this, the Modern SaaS Finance Podcast. We created this for you, CFOs, controllers, heads of FP&A, RevOps, just members of the finance community and fast growth SaaS companies. We discuss so many things, subscription usage, billing models, RevRec, SaaS metrics, forecasting, just the key functions you need on driving the cash flow and the trajectory of your firm from uh, startup through IPO and beyond. Thank you for everybody who's been part of us. We're in the top 15% on Spotify in the business management category. So you're with a well-esteemed community if you're a first-time listener to us. I'm really excited about today. Artificial intelligence is just really getting discussed time and time again. A lot of the board meetings and CFO discussions that I have. And I'm very privileged to have the current head of Sage AI Labs, Bjorn Hermann, uh, who came to us through a great acquisition, has done some amazing things in his leadership with us here, to join talking about a little bit of where he thinks AI can make an impact to finance today and in the future. But Bjorn, would you share with everyone a little bit about your background so they, they see your competence as much as I see it and feel it? Yeah, thank you, David, for inviting me. Um, of course. <laughs> my, my background is uh, mostly as an entrepreneur. And then, as you said, um, before joining Sage almost six years ago, I've been working on a company called Compass. Um, we're doing benchmarks and recommendations uh, for e-commerce businesses and built, at the time, the largest e-commerce business information network. Um, and then uh, at Sage, over the last couple of years, build out Sage AI, which is the, the sort of AI capability uh, of, of Sage. And, you know, really initially when we started off, it was a sort of tiny team. Um, you know, we're like, I think close to 70 people today. Um, when we started off, we really saw sort of two primary challenges in, in realizing uh, the AI vision at Sage. One is that the vast majority of big corporates fail at doing AI. And the reason is just simply that the capability isn't there. And so our initial focus was really on just simply building out a well-oiled machine, a capability that can actually deliver. And that's, you know, in the sort of four primary buckets. It's the team, just having, you know, top talent, uh, a strong operating model uh, that allows us to move quickly. And also a culture that, you know, encourages um, innovation and um, sort of fail fast first principle um, uh, approach. And then lastly, infrastructure. The infrastructure in effectively being able to deliver AI is really sort of a key component. And just like any corporate uh, stage initially, um, you know, wasn't set up with an infrastructure that enabled us to do that. And so we build out that infrastructure as well. And then the second biggest challenge after, you know, coming into a place where we could actually effectively deliver AI um, to customers uh, was simply the uncertainty well, of how are we actually bringing this to life? How are we actually 
um, you know, building products that are not just existing products with AI bolted on, but how can we create an AI-enabled product that has um, a business model that, um, you know, really meets the customer where they are at and also allows us to capture the value um, that we're generating for customers. And so in that context, we also drove a lot of the sort of broader uh, transformation in the business, in the way that we think about um, AI. Uh, we drove uh, the business model, um, sort of innovation work more broadly, and then started to build out an innovation pipeline that you could think of as sort of a venture studio in the corporate context, which you know is really about kind of creating both a container um, to effectively commercialize the work that um, we're doing within CGI, um, but also um, sort of a new governance model that's more aligned with the innovation process and allows us to um, you know, quickly identify the winners and quickly identify the projects that are not working out. So, yeah. So, Gosh, it's just incredible because <laughs> we got such a massive data set from our, you know, tens of thousands of, of, of uh, large customers and hundreds and thousands of mi millions of small customers and all trying to help them get even more efficient. And like you talked about, it's a, it's a great pipeline of technology that's coming out. And those three fundamentals you said, I think go for every startup of great product market fit, great vision, great execution and on, uh, how things come together. But, you know, Jordan, for our audience, I think a lot of people are still trying to get their arms around how this will affect them. So how do you think AI is going to affect finance? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> so, in two minutes answer that, but give me the us all the two minute answer on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know i think there's a life cycle like with anything right and so what we're seeing right now is that ai is starting to drive a lot of efficiencies and also helps business to be more effective just simply through starting to augment um and and automate um workflows within um, primarily within software that's already existing. And there's some, you know, new types of software that's emerging that really starts to build out sort of new interfaces that allows us to sort of, you know, kind of bring AI to life more, right? It's kind of like you could think of, you know, a lot of the existing um, software and finance is very functional in its structure, which means that, you know, you have a different place for each function and there's a lot of clicking around. Now, with AI, there's a possibility that we can bring, you know, all of what a user, a specific user needs directly to them, right? So they don't need to click around in all the different tools and, you know, all the different reports and pages. They just have one place where they can go and we surface anything to them that they need, right? So for example, you could imagine, you know, a controller right, who's approving transactions, right, or is verifying, making sure that, you know, everything is, is correct. And instead of having to, you know, click through all the different places, you know, where transactions are coming in and, and checking that they're correct, right, we can just surface everything to them in one place where they see all 
the lowest transactions that they can either bulk approve, automatically improve, um, or the high-risk transactions, and then enable them to get directly to an action to resolve those. And so that kind of shift in the way of how we surface um, the workflows specific to you know, different users, that's kind of what we're getting into now. And you know, there's already some companies that are pursuing um, sort of these new interfaces. And then you know, more long-term, I think we'll see some massive shifts because you know, as we're building the, the sort of a more connected ecosystem of finance applications and, and all the entities and users within that, uh, you know, we are going to really shift, um, first of all, the people that are engaging with finance applications, right? So today, um, we're a little bit like, you know, when, when the sort of car industry started and they said, well, our market is limited by the amount of chauffeurs um, that can be trained to drive cars, not considering that at some point everybody would be driving a car. And so, you know, similar in our space, right now we have a lot of professional users, but the future um, of finance applications really reaches more and more into what today are primarily peripheral users. You know, as we start to automate and augment more of the workflows and we start to bring more insights, we start to, you know, support more of the financial, um, you know, workflows, lending, insurance, et cetera, and so the kind of the whole embedded finance space, um, and um, and we enable insights, you know, really to help businesses focus on what matters most, and you know, in all of that, um, the the role of um, sort of finance, the finance software space is really going to shift and expand. Um, and the role of the different entities that are sort of a part of the ecosystem today, like banks, for example, is also going to shift, right? Like as, um, you know, financing can start to become much more part of the workflows themselves and we can enable, um, you know, lending between businesses, um, you know, financial products are going to look very different. It's even hard to, to sort of fathom today, like how that all may look like in the future. Um, but, you know, we can already see um, that, you know, there's some, some of those shifts on the horizon. I was recently talking to somebody, they implemented um, a system for um, Volkswagen and all of their suppliers um, where they started to disintermediate um, the banks, um, you know, in, in the supply chain um, you know, for Volkswagen specifically. And I think, you know, we'll start to see some of that happening more broadly, um, you know, as we start to build out um, this, you know, interconnected um, ecosystem. And with Sage, that really is, you know, our big investment hypothesis with the digital network. You know, our goal is to um, move sort of from a place where our primary focus was um, supporting individual businesses into a place where we support the whole ecosystem and where it's not about one business winning against another, but it's about how can we win together. And so there's also, you know, I think a mindset 
shift that's happening in how we're building software uh, in this space. So, yeah. Gosh, it's so expansive. I put the question to you and just for you, our listeners, you're listening to all this, I'm pulling a lot of what Bjorn came together on. It's what AI is doing is where there's a data set of data that allows you to find patterns. Algorithms can get run in order to see where there's, you know, pattern matching that you want or aberrations in the patterns of what you're looking for. And that's where a lot of the innovation comes from because in today's processes, there's so much around classic cash coming in, cash going out, where you can catch errors, catch redundancies, but also bring even more efficiency come into it and then have the reporting that comes out of the back end to make things even more efficient. And so because it kind of leads us into the next question is you and I were talking in the green room a little bit. Bjorn is when people don't know things, sometimes it's a little unsettling. But if for our CFOs that are listening to the podcast, how can they explain the positive impacts of AI to their teams? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, it's a train that has left the station. So, there's, <laughs> you know, to, to some degree, you know, it's happening if you want it or not. Now, you know, in general terms, the, the positive impact, you know, simply that, um, uh, you know, businesses can become more efficient, more effective in all of their finance workflows, that they can start to trust the data more, you know, close their books faster. Um, and then on top of, um, you know, having more trustworthy, more continuous data, be able to, you know, as you just said, have more insights reporting um, that allows to make um, you know better business uh, decisions. Now, the other piece I think that you know we all see right now that's happening um, in the finance space. You know, there's a lack of accounting professionals. There's a lack of people that want to go into the space. There's a there's a lot of turnover, and oftentimes you know their jobs are not fun, right? Like. In, in some ways, where we are right now is that even though there's a lot of new technology, there's so many tools that a lot of accounting professionals essentially are human interfaces, right? That sort of export data from one place, import it into another, and there's a lot of menial, um, you know, work that's just not interesting, and um, you know that doesn't make a very interesting career path, you know, for anybody, you know. In, who's sort of in that space. And, um, you know, with AI, we can really help alleviate those pains and make the accounting profession and just, you know, people who work within um, finance and a business um, more exciting, more interesting, right? And then, you know, specifically, obviously, for each business, it's very different, right? Every company has their own challenges. You know, every company is going to be in a different place in terms of, you know, how accessible data are, you know, how much of their, you know, finance workflows are based on paper or digital. And so everybody starts at a different place, right? And so every, for everybody, the solution as to how to start to bring in more AI may look very different, right? Anything from just tapping into existing products that offer AI to perhaps, you know, bespoke solutions that really 
um, you know, work around very, you know, specific uh, workflows that they may have. And so I think there's a, a wide variety and there's also a lot of unknowns, you know, what, what's going to come, you know, um, in the future. So I think it's both, you know, starting to dive into it, exploring what's right, um, you know, for your business, um, and then staying to, top, stay, to stay on top of what's happening in the industry and to really sort of, you know, go with the flow because it's a rapidly moving and changing uh, space that will require most likely, you know, sort of the readiness to continuously um, change much faster than in the past, right? Where you kind of set up a system and then you ran with it for 20 years. Now, you know, we'll start to see that probably, um, you know, to all the CFOs out there, slowly there's a bit more agility needed in in uh, sort of you know adapting to the times so yeah. gosh it's just incredible i mean everything you said i just literally did my 267th customer interview and i ask everybody what their favorite part of, and least favorite part of the jobs are more often than not folks least favorite part of the jobs is having to manually collate pull data do manual reconciliation between problems just all that work that can get automated and then AI leverage this. And then they're often the favorite part of the job is to find patterns in the information that can be used to make big decisions to best make the business more successful and best prosecute the mission of the company and best usage of cash flow and investment. And everything you just said about AI and where it's pulling these data sets together, finding the patterns, finding the aberrations that are in there in order to address all that is the places. And so CFOs, as you're, thinking about all this, how do you leverage it? How do you do the investment? How do you justify it to the board? That's the places that your your peers have broken trail and what Bjorn and his team are doing in, uh, in, 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 the, in the future innovation, current, I should say, and current products and future innovation about what's coming in right now. Bjorn, this has just been an amazing podcast. I, I knew it was going to be so informative because how you and I iterate and talk about where the product is going and the roadmap is going. And I want to wrap up and share some thoughts with everybody and then give you a chance to pull some final thoughts together. But for everybody, thank you for joining Bjorn and I and listening to us today. And don't make today a one-time event. Please join the Modern SaaS Finance community at bit.ly slash modern SaaS finance, B-I-T dot L-Y slash modern SaaS finance, all one word which is a large uh, Slack community of your peers where everyone's trying to help each other out with fundraising, business models, investor metrics, think topics like today with AI. And if you enjoyed today, subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all the future episodes as they're coming. We're available on all the major streaming platforms. Bjorn, any final thoughts about AI for the crowd? Hmm. Well, <laughs> Thanks, first of all, again, you know, for, for inviting me to speak to the topic. <laughs> I knew it was going to be I, great. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I could probably talk to it for hours. <laughs> I feel like, you know, we went a little bit, um, you know, into it. But I think in general, you know, I'm personally just really excited about this space. I think uh -huh. there's so much, there's so much potential in, you know, how we can really, um, you know, not just support individual businesses in, um, you know, becoming more efficient, more effective, make better decisions, focus, you know, more on what matters, um, you know, just build, 
better businesses. Um, but there's also this humongous opportunity of just really lifting the tide for everybody and really, you know, starting to, to bring a sort of more collaborative, um, you know, approach or enable a more collaborative approach, um, you know, where, for example, as we generate insights, we're not just generating insights from a single company, but we can start to bring that broader business context into it as well. We can start to you know, really help businesses make sense of their data in ways that wasn't possible before. You know, we can start to enable um, uh, you know, the sort of embedded finance um, workflows in, uh, between suppliers and, um, and so on. So there's just a lot there. And, and I'm personally very bullish on, on how the space is going to develop and excited you know, to be on this path with all of you. So thank you. A lot of excitement, a lot of potential. So Bjorn, thank you very much for joining us. For you, our listener, thank you very much for listening to us and being part of it today. And everybody, please have a great day. Thank you.